Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I am doing great. Uh, I have stuff prepared. We just... We just did math before we were off mic or off the record and we figured out this is the second to last episode. <laughs> we did. We did. We did some so, math. We did some adult math. <laughs> didn't yeah, didn't so, even need a calculator. I think I got this it, is our I, second to last. Yeah. I got it wrong and you got and you corrected me and got it right. So that's usually how math goes. I mean, you <laughs> know, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. We'll know next week if it's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> How devastating that would be if we found out we had to do one more uh, of these. Oh. Okay. Speaking of, I, I came to play today. Last week, I had a pitch for a, a follow-up podcast to this one, um, the BJ Blast podcast. Um, yeah. Can still I say, on the can table. We, can we talk about that <laughs> for a second? Okay. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm, you know, the more I think about it, the more I like the BJ Blast uh, <laughs> concept. I don't know why I thought about it so much this week over the past week since you brought it to my attention. Um, I also listened to the fallout boy version. Of oh, we didn't start yeah. the fire. Okay. What uh, do you think? I like, I like it. I'm, okay. I'm guessing you don't like it, but I did kind of like it. I at first liked it. And then as the song went on there, the thing that bugged me so much was the, uh, it was like, it's not that the original, um, we didn't start the fire was in perfect sequential order, but it was closer to sequential order of when those events happened. And when those things, like when Marilyn Monroe was popular was closer to Harry Truman and such things, but the fallout boy throws that synchronization out the window and they, and it's, it's more grouped by like events than it is by when these events occurred. Mm. which is an okay. interesting take but the the audacity to uh, for me that i find that i like about it is the fact that fallout boy thought that they're the band to do this revival <laughs> that like yeah we're the greatest singer songwriters of our generation so we're gonna make this like a star is born and every 30 years uh, you know some singer songwriter is going to create craft their own we didn't start the fire uh, all right hold on, on i'm gonna challenge involvement in the world <laughs> i'm gonna challenge oh i'll challenge that a little bit uh, i have billy an answer joel, yeah. billy joel was not the greatest songwriter of his generation when he released the first one was he so uh, like, greatest american singer songwriter of his generation i think you think billy- going by album sales it will be hard to hard hard to find a better one elton john was very popular at his time but if you separate it by america it's a very american song you know elton john couldn't sing that song and have the same meaning um so that is my premise 
Bold statement. Okay, that's fair. That's fine. I, I, I don't know enough to dispute it from an album sales perspective. Um, I can only look at it, you know, now. And this was post, this was post like the rock era. So like Tom, like if you go to like Tom Petty or like Dylan or like any of these other guys, those are all way before Billy Joel. Billy Joel came no. like after. This is 89. Yeah. This is 89. So it's like, it's Prince, it's Michael Jackson. It's Elton hair bands. John. It's, you know, it's rock bands. It's not, you know. And then the 90s was just a dearth of like terrible bands. But was was in nineteen eighty nine was Billy Joel bigger than Michael Jackson? Like no, no chance. Michael in eighty nine? Yeah, come Michael on. Michael Jackson's like, not a composer though. I don't know where, where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking like in the whole like, you know, musical picture, right? Like Michael Jackson, even Elton John. Elton John's not American. Um, yeah, exactly. That's my kind of point. But you know who but Okay. I have Prince, a pitch on Prince who was also done really it. big. Yeah. yeah. Prince was a composer and he was pretty big. Yes. Yes. I, I will admit that, but he doesn't do <laughs> narrative songs like ballads, like story songs like Billy Joel does, but you know, who does, who is in our generation, Taylor Swift. And I think Taylor Swift should have done her, a version of we didn't start the fire. That's all I'm saying. Oh, That's oh, this is me dropping I, the mic. I, it was a pencil. I lost, <laughs> I lost it all. I, I, we're, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear a Swifty variation of "We oh, Didn't Start the Fire." It would be great. Would it? I don't know. You don't have a daughter, so I don't know. If I don't have a daughter. Not, you're not up on that. <laughs> my boys hate Taylor Swift, yeah. and I, you know, I don't mind sharing that with them. <laughs> I, next time you're out for a walk, just put on her essential album, and I think you'll have more fun than you. Uh, care to admit um Oof. that's all i'm saying Oof. all right uh okay anyway so that was my thought on uh on the last list but you have but you have some new pitches for us okay i got two movie pitches for movie based okay. podcast pitches okay let's go let's uh, go the first one is a revival a, a complete redux of a podcast i tried to get going uh very early on in the pandemic um with a, with a production company that just was not very well done, I thought. So here's the pitch. It is a war movie podcast. I listened to that. You listened to that. I, <laughs> I, I, I still believe in the structure of that. I really liked doing the scripted part at the front and then having the conversation uh, at the end and doing funner, more jocular stuff. Uh, as we went along, but still taking parts of it seriously. And the idea was I would group a set of movies together based on a single conflict, a single war, or perhaps a single country or like world war two. We did all the D day movies as one group. And the beauty of that was we can do like five movies in a row and have it be a mini series and then take breaks in between and come back and drop five more about, you know, the Scottish war for independence and Braveheart and, um, or, you know, Japanese, samurai warfare movies um and i think that like grouping it and doing mini series and being able to just go okay here's here's five episodes week to week wait a while produce them get them right and then drop them maybe get guests on or other people to come in and talk about the movie the movie um and give us more production time than being stuck to a week-to-week schedule 
Okay. I mean, the this War sounds like... Film, yeah, is... Yeah. I, I, I still believe I own that title, if there's any, <laughs> is what I call yeah, it. Yeah, I remember your your essays were super good. I think... Um, I, 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 I like the premise. Um, it feels more serious. It just feels yeah. more serious. It has a more serious tone than what I've been used to on Tenet Men. So, I, or BJ Blast for that matter. <laughs> the BJ Blast um, is not sincere <laughs> at all. <laughs> so like, I, you know, I can, I can firmly put war on film uh, in, in the maybe camp also, but I, I I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy the fun, nonsensical stuff that we do. I think we could do both. I think we could. Okay. Like, like I said, like the scripted part at the beginning is meant to be a little bit more serious and then it gets more jocular, more as conversation brings up funny things, uh, more sarcastic things naturally. Um, okay. 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 Here's my other pitch. I, this is uh, more of an original one. Um, Autumn. Uh, movies about auteur directors or a podcast about auteur directors, uh, something like called filmography or filmology. We take contemporary um, directors such as Christopher Nolan, who is certainly an auteur director, whose every movie he makes is either about the world as he sees it or the way he would like to see the world. Uh, and every movie he makes is crafted in his own vision. Uh, it's you know, uh, every episode will be about a single movie in his filmography. So we would like if Christopher Nolan, we would start with the following or we'd start with Memento. And then we every episode we would talk about us just one, not one specific movie. Um, and how um, they all kind of come together as this person's um, body of work. OK, I like this more so far uh, yeah. because I, I, I like the I like the diversity it's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Right, it's gonna bring a lot of like you know. I, I'm already thinking like, oh, we could do a Guy Ritchie. Role. Oh yeah, like we were talking about. We we have yes. been looking at that Rotten Tomatoes greatest living directors. Yeah, um, could also like get like really whimsical and do like a Kevin Smith run. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the askew averse. That would be that would actually be a lot of fun. Like to break it, it up like that. Yeah, um, we could do. Uh, yeah, end up like. Yeah, I, I, funny. I was looking through this list, and I was like, "There's not a lot of women on the, or uh, you know, uh, people of color on this list either." <laughs> yeah. So, like, like yeah. Spike Lee would be a fun one to do because that's yeah, a Spike that's Lee, a great one. He's a fun mix of like serious movies and then fun movies as well. And so it's not all, yeah. uh, um, and stuff like that. So as, as I started like doing that, and then every now and then I'd be watching a movie and go, "Who directed this? And what else have they done?" <laughs> Um, I just go, this would be a fun run to look at those movies. And also we get to look at like bad movies made by great directors. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. We're doing like a whole we, podcast about one now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if we, <laughs> if we did Francis Ford Coppola, sure. We'd watch apocalypse now, but we'd also watch the Robin Williams drama comedy, Jack, <laughs> which he directed. He did. I didn't yes. Know that. I know. <laughs> The one where Robin Williams is an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> I remember. I yeah. recall. <laughs> That's a Francis Ford Coppola joint. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I had no idea. Hmm. Yeah, like one of the problems we could run into is like, you know, if we did like a a Spielberg or George Lucas or something. So wrong. Right? Well, well, George long, Lucas but hasn't like, directed that many. 
that's the thing, like not there's no continuity right like i think about back to the future like that series uh i don't think like robert zemeckis didn't direct all three right i think he did or did he i think he no star wars the first three star wars are all directed by different people i think zemeckis did do all three but i know what you're saying yeah like we're gonna run into this so he did the first one i feel like he didn't do the second one I oh, know he did. He did. I, I'm trying to think of a director that did like the first one and then didn't come back for the sequels. Usually they sputter out if the director leaves and it doesn't, um, you know, like oh, Richard Donner. That's an older director, but um, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Did, did George Lucas do all three Star Wars? No, I don't even think he directed any of the first three. It's mostly a pro- writing production. He might have done the I first thought he, one. I thought he did do the first one. Uh, oh, Jesus, for George Lucas. Yeah, I know. I know. This is terrible. Um, who directed the first one? Uh, this is a lot of wasted uh, wasted air uh, yeah. on the podcast here. But he did direct the first one. Um, yeah, okay. But Irvin Kershing did um, at least uh, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and he only directed like, the first one. Yeah. Indiana Jones wasn't all Spielberg either, right? No, just this last one was done by James Mangold, but all the other ones were. Mm, okay. Um, all right. Anyway, I like the idea. Let's keep it coming. Okay. So you, let's. I'm gonna uh, just you... throw out like directors' filmographies, and you look at them. And like with Spielberg, we might have to do like we're just gonna do like the first his first five movies and take a break or something like that. Well, you know? we'll do. I think we should only do like top five for all the directors, right? Keep Ooh, the, yeah, yeah. Because uh, top it, five, bottom intense. five. <laughs> are you gonna so since uh we have one episode of tenant men left are you gonna bring some other ideas next week i'm gonna have some non-movie pitches i think is what i okay. planned on doing well they're not very all right. good <laughs> <laughs> all right i like it um shall we jump into our minutes yes oh yeah that's right this podcast so I am at minute marker 110 to 111, 11121 to 11121. Uh, last week we left off where Kat is walking into the giant, mostly empty room. There's a couple of like folding tables put together lengthwise with guns on top of them. And Seder is standing behind the tables. Kat's mm-hmm. wearing the red dress. Volkov stands by the door and Kat approaches Seder. Uh, as he's like walking and touching the guns and talk and talking. Um, and we pick up where we left off last week. Seder said some of my favorites. And then he says singed, but uh, salvageable. Wouldn't you say he does say, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting little, little, mm. little flavor in there for Seder. Um, he continues walking down the table. He adjusts the guns in the table. Um, yeah, so salvageable, wouldn't you say? I like this is an interesting line, singed but salvageable, wouldn't you say? Like, is I he, feel like that's a metaphor for something, but I'm not even sure what. Is he talking about their marriage? Is he talking yeah. about the guns as if they're artifacts? Because they're like gun artifacts are not really her expertise. <laughs> well, and that's that's actually her line. That's not my area of expertise. Ah. So she she says that. Good good call. Um, but yeah, like is, so my first thought was like, oh, he's talking about their relationship, but 
he's also about to kill her. <laughs> so like maybe not that yes. salvageable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe he's um, feeling her out. It, it, that's the question is when does he choose to shoot her? Because he shoots her when he's inverted. Yes, he does. But it's yeah. already happened. Because well, he unshoots her. He unshoot. Yeah, but that that's what that's what kills her, right? So she never gets inverted here. He does, yeah. right? That's the difference. That's that's yes. that's the thing. Um, all right. So anyway, salvageable, wouldn't you say? She says that's not my area of expertise. Sater says, ah, that's right. You would never have anything to do with such things. But this is where our worlds collide. Uh, he's continuing to walk down the far side of the table. Cat's following on the on the other side. Cat says, "What is this, Andre?" Sater says, "You know perfectly well what it is, Cat." Uh, mm. He says that while picking up one of the machine guns, he pulls the the thing back. Uh, what do you call that? The the, the, pin? the, the uh, charging rod. The I don't know. That's not the right word. <laughs> he cocks it. Go- he yeah. cocks it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or pulling around with back, it. Yeah, yeah. He says the filthy business that put those clothes on your back and our boy in his school. That you thought you could negotiate your way around. So, mm-hmm. calling her out, calling her out. This is a super. This is a really aggressive scene by Sater, yeah. right? And this is this is really building up. But he's very calm right now. Very calm. This is the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volkov speaks another okay. Volkov speaking moment. <laughs> so, I have. I can't believe how many lines uh, <laughs> this guy has. <laughs> he speaks he, in mine too. <laughs> so he speaks in Russian, uh, and I know it's in Russian because the American, like like the subtitles in the movie say in Russian, but then there's actual subtitles in the movie, and it says uh, the convoy is due downtown in ten. That's an interesting because I was trying to place where your minutes happening compared to mine and that's they're converging they're converging yeah they're they're converging but also they're kind of intercutting with each other here in a few oh they they must like yeah yeah they must be right yeah yeah that's exactly right Mm -hmm. um so that brings us to the 71 minute marker we're about 40 seconds into this minute Seder puts the gun down on the table Kind of like, again, it's quiet. This is the calm before the storm, but that, that mm-hmm. noise startled Cat because it was pretty pretty loud. And then Sater checks his pulse, right? So that's a good indication of like, he's really worked up. He's really pissed. Like, he's really mm-hmm. pissed, right? Like, he's checking his pulse. Like, he's acting calm, but you can tell he's pissed, right? That's why he's checking mm-hmm. his pulse on his little uh, Fitbit thing. And then he says, time to go. And Cat uh, says the trigger phrase, I'm not going anywhere with you. <laughs> and like, that's it. That's when Seder turns around really fast, moves very quickly towards cat and starts screaming. Look this at is, me. This is hard <laughs> to watch. Actually. <laughs> it's a, a domestic violence scene in an action. Oh, movie, which is, just, it is, uh, yeah. it is. Uh, he says, look at me, which by the way, dark Knight reference. Look at me. Uh, Heath Ledger as joker yells that at one of his uh hostages look at me Mm -hmm. it's like one of the like the the scariest lines he delivers in that movie yeah yeah what's what's this about like villains wanting to (laughs) 
Yeah, look like, like look at like, me yeah. as I tear you down. Look, uh, look at me as I am in my true form. It's a scary. It's a scary man child having a tantrum. uh, Yeah, because somebody's trying to steal his toys. Yeah, it's a it's a scary line. Scary. I like it. I'm okay with the or in the case of Heath Ledger just being an absolute agent of chaos. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of in terms of Seder, he's just he's just a a man baby, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, man baby says, "Look at me." And understand his eyes are really crazy at this point too, mm. right? Yeah, he brings uh, it. He does. He does. He's a super good actor. Um, look at me and understand. You don't negotiate with a tiger. You admire a tiger until he turns on you, and you feel its true fucking nature. See, that's everything. He wants to be admired. <laughs> He wants to be perceived as a threat, as a tiger, self-describing himself as a tiger. And he also wants to be feared. He wants to be admired, feared, and and loved. I don't know. And loved. And <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. And yeah, loved. Yeah, what, absolutely. Yeah. He He's mad that this sham marriage of his <laughs> is falling apart. Very uh, Machiavellian, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's good to be feared and loved, but... You know, if he had to choose one, he chooses fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's and that's the end of my minute. That's why. Oh. It, so it ends so abruptly, right? Because the next minute's also very good. Uh, which is I, like I really, kind of wish really we just good. got this scene over with too, because it's just like it's hard to look at sometimes. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna relive it twice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the last five seconds of this minute. Uh, they're like just really, really good filmmaking, right? Like, yeah. I think the dialogue is actually very good. I think Seder's acting is really, really good. Uh, Kat's fear is really apparent, um, or her anxiety because she's about to pull off a very bold move in a second. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she's, she's had it. She's had it. This is <laughs> that's uh, but that's it. That's the end of my minute, man. So okay, you're you're mm-hmm. up. I'm up. I'm going to do a little interlude. I just happened to, while you were talking, bring up on my phone. Kenneth Brana is a director in his own right. He um, is. That's right. So Belfast. Let me just, he's done a lot of Shakespeare, um, starting with his him portraying Henry V in one of his first movies. Um, he's also done a Hamlet. He's done uh, Much Ado About Nothing. But then uh, some non-Shakespeare ones I'm just going to throw out there. He did uh, The Frankenstein with De Niro as Frankenstein. He did the first Thor movie. He did wow. the the Disney remake of Cinderella. Um, uh, and lately, he's been uh, he did a movie called Belfast that was really good. Um, Belfast was really good. Yeah, and then um, now he's on this Perot kick where he did um, uh, Death on the Nile um, and A Haunting in Venice. I guess he didn't direct the Murder on the Orient Express, but he starred in it but he directed um, the last two um, Inspector Perot, Inspector, whatever that is, whatever those Agatha Christie novels are. But uh, interesting filmography for him uh, (laughs) since we were discussing directors. Back to Tenet. (laughs) Back to Tenet. Yeah. Where, where are you at? One hour, 13 minutes, 21 seconds. I'm in the PMW with Neil uh, and the protagonist and um, 
uh, Neil says over the radio, yellow, 60 seconds, um, indicating that besides blue and red, there is also a yellow and green team in the pincer movement that's happening on the highway. I think it's just the name for the other cars, because when he calls out blue later, blue is not inverted. Yeah. Uh, so he, they're just the names of the different cars in this um, set. Then we jump into the yellow team, which is in the big radar truck. That's going to be in front. The guy on the radio goes, check. And then he uh, uh, also cocks a weapon. He cocks uh, an M4, getting it, uh, or he, he, he locks and loads it and gets it ready for action. What's an M4? An M4 is the, the smaller version of the M16, the carbine okay. version. Uh, Got it. Um, you know, you're, you're in the cab of a truck. You need maneuverability. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we just get um, the, we, we see the area of the area of uh, view uh, with the front truck with the radar dish on top. And that swings in front of um, the convoy, which is the armored truck with the plutonium or the, the piece of the algorithm and the two trucks in between the dump truck is already on the right hand side of the armored truck I, I, that is the green team by the way for those playing at home um <laughs> then we cut back to neil i love this shot where the camera's in the back of the car and you just see neil's eyes in the rearview mirror and then you mm -hmm. see all, you see the, the the highway scene developing in front of them they're still in the city uh, but the the cars are taking place and then uh, neil goes on the radio blue 45 seconds we cut to inside the cab of what i call like the wrecker it seems to be some sort of a giant um uh um pickup not, not pickup truck it's a, a wrecker whatever it, it's the whatever um picks up uh and tows a tow truck a large tow truck yeah that a, yeah. a tow truck that can tow a semi if you ever seen one of those that's what it is um and he uh, goes on the radio and says, uh, check. And then he cocks an M4 as well. So double cockage <laughs> going on in my minute. <laughs> and then we see the protagonist looking concerned over at Neil. Neil's eyes in the rearview mirror again. It just kind of, pan it doesn't pan. It does do a cut, but it's the same shot from the, the back of the car. Um, we see that in one second in my next minute I covered or the previous minute on this podcast where uh, all the stuff is going on. You just see Neil's eyes in the rearview mirror. Uh, where am I at? Now I'm at 55 seconds. Um, and we, and we're still from that perspective in the back of the car, we see the wrecker come into position. Um, and then at 14 minutes and zero seconds, Neil goes on the radio and says, red we're on our way red team in this case would be the fire truck so yeah i would also like to point out uh, red was the name of the fire truck in the disney pixar cars universe uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and as he says that the protagonist then starts to put on his fireman's uh jacket um as they as neil speeds past on the left hand side past all the cars uh, that are forming up so he's going to go meet the fire truck ahead and they come back uh, or and then they catch back up i guess um, but as uh he's putting on the jacket uh, it's revealed when he pulls down his arm that the uh, 
passenger side rear view mirror or the passenger side side mirror is broken. And it's, it's cool because it's as they're passing the convoy that's forming up. So you see the convoy forming up behind them, but the glass is broken. And we know that means that's going to happen in the future. Um, or that happens by an inverted technology because it wasn't broken before, which is interesting. Um, then this was my surprise. I had never caught this before. Um, right at 14 minutes, 17 seconds, um, somebody in a vehicle still following all the cars that are forming up, the wrecker and everything. And you see the BMW speeding past from the same shot in the back of the car. And this guy on the radio goes, three trucks in place. And looking at the script, I realized that's Volkov. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My next minute starts off with the reaction, I guess, from Seder in isolation in the room. He's been in communication with Volkov. Volkov's been his eyes of the outside world telling him what he's seeing. Hmm. Um, And he says, tell me everything as it happens. Right. That's the beginning of my next minute that I covered in the last episode. So those two, that's how things are happening. Uh, And it's interesting. That just happens like a, like near minutes after your, your scene there. Cause it's going to end with um, Seder going into isolation, but he still keeps this Volkov has his eyes and his ears out there. So he knows what's going on, but he hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. That'll be, I think that's like the last line of the show for me is tell me everything as it happens that. Yeah. That Cause it's thing. like, it's, so, yeah. it's split light on, right yeah. on my minute. Like I, I kind of yeah. rewound it just a bit. So I have the beginning of that sentence. Oh, we should have yeah. named the podcast that that would have been great. <laughs> that should be what we say at the beginning. <laughs> tell me everything as it happens. <laughs> as it, as it happens. Uh, that's pretty cool. I never picked up on that either though. Right. And mm-hmm. him saying three trucks in place, right. That means, that might be the cue for Volkov to say, yeah, 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That could be uh, that could be lining up perfect. Yeah. And that is my minute, because that is the end of that. I do have that review that was promised. Do we want to save that for our last episode? <laughs> What's review of what? Uh, remember oh, last week I found yeah. that guy had I, I mean I had to I had to go to the Swedish um podcast. Swi- I thought it was Switzerland. Was it Swedish Switzerland. or Switzerland? Sure. Not the same thing. Um, it's not, God I'm sure it. that guy's mad at me right now. <laughs> um, all right, but buckle up for this review. It's there's, there's negatives and positives in here, just like. <laughs> oh. But it's five stars, um, and the and the title is "The Medium is the Message." After a frustrating second viewing of Tenant and lacking a satisfying clarification of its mysteries on YouTube and. I don't know what this is. This is Barry. I binged the first 67 episodes of this podcast in a weekend. It is the perfect companion to the movie. From its creative approach of using a pincer movement review to the unrelenting pace of revelation to the inaudible dialogue between the host and the ear shattering intro outro, both the show and the movie are eerily congruent. Uh, where the podcast diverges is that it's much more fun and revealing, culminating in insight that is not your brain, that's but the script. 
that just isn't working. As someone who has done a movie by minutes podcast himself, I appreciate the great work the Red and Blue team have put into researching Tenet, and I'm looking forward to the final episodes. The next time I'm spending time in a lonely shipping container at sea, I might actually listen to it backwards. Um, I appreciate that uh, review. It really... <laughs> So I'm so motivated. I, you know, uh, sir or ma'am, I'm assuming, I don't, whatever. It's gotta be sir. Yeah. Man, I agree with you on the intro, outro music. Uh, like when, when we first did, I recorded that on a bass, uh, before we started the show (laughs) Mm -hmm. every week when I mix it, like it just gets cringier and cringier to me. Yeah. It's like everything Uh, you create. It's like, I have that too. And I'm like, Oh God, (laughs) something auto plays and like something you created. Has it ever so, played like after I listen to a podcast and it naturally stops, like all of a sudden tenant men will pick up and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's really loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I I'll fall on the sword on that one, but uh, I, you know, that's bless the nature you for, of being creative, for listening yeah. for binging 60 something episodes in a weekend. Um, and we're with you. It's a frustrating script. We're just, we're, we're dealing with what we've been given here. <laughs> Yep. And um, also to shout him out, I didn't want to say his name was on the review, but his uh, at on Twitter is Lord Ampersand. I'd be curious on uh, his experience of doing minute by minute podcasts and what. Yeah, I got to check done. out his. Um, yeah, it looks like we talked at one time on Twitter. So maybe I have to go back and research that. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, for anyone else who has some reviews, please send them over. We will read them live or yeah, pre-recorded. Sure. You got on, one on, week to on the get show. them in. You do have and, one week uh, to put them in. And vote on the BJ Blast podcast or the filmography or the war on film or um, the thing where we write a script together. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was <laughs> Those another are the idea. four possible podcasts coming out right now. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, or even if you didn't enjoy it, please take a, a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. Rest assured, we will finish our temporal pincer movements of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning. Bye.